Ryan's I want to get to. And I guess I have to comment on who has better hair, Brett or Ethan. Yeah, I hope you're ready because that's... Uh, <laughs> I'm not ready for that. I'm not dodging that one. Uh, okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. In this episode, I am joined by Tina. Tina, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well, and um, I hate to admit this, but for as long as I've known you, I'm so afraid of butchering your last name, so why don't you just go ahead and give us your full name and the team I guess you're known for, and obviously you're from Phoenix, so I got that part covered. But uh, There you go. Yes. Yeah, Tina Armbrew. I play for women's in the South with Lone Star, and then I am rostered by Rise for co-ed in the West. I say rostered because we didn't really get a chance to play this season. Right, which is, um, there is a huge story I want to go into about how that happens. Um, but naturally, just have some preliminaries that I want to get um, out of the way. Um, yeah. I feel like this is such a lame question for knowing you for so long, but as we talked about offline, I'm like, okay, we're going to kind of go back and forth between two, two friends talking and, but also the questionnaire. So, um, what is your number and is there any significance to it? I, well, kind of a funny story. I'm typically number nine and just from my love of Wayne Gretzky, great 99, broke it down to nine. When that's taken, I wear six because my nickname out in Phoenix for a while was T6 and for the more childish region of, you know, six nine. Sorry, if that's inappropriate to say on your podcast, but <laughs> yeah, this this is over. Can't do this anymore. God's <laughs> God's honest truth. Yeah, I have uh, somewhat immature humor, so I'll, if I can't take nine, I'll take six. Gotcha. You said T six though. What's mm-hmm. what's that? Yeah, uh, my height being six two. Charles and Jeremy and all those guys when we played for Whack Walton Crazy Kids, that oh, just became man. my nickname. You just brought up a great series of memories. Um, mm-hmm. Oh man, Charles and mm-hmm. I think that goes back to the Alliance days, even because that was my number in Jersey when I played Alliance for my first elite back in like 2011. Gotcha. So T six, Tina six feet. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Yes. And those are some great, great times playing Sundays in the afternoons with everybody, and man. We'll probably go back to those those times. Um, a little nostalgia this hour. Yeah, exactly. I, it's it, it's funny because when I had um, Katie Sanchez on last year, same thing. I was like, oh man, let's just talk about stuff that only mm-hmm. us care about. But um, let's go into, I guess, the basics. So what, what got you into dodgeball? Dodgeball is 2007. I just got into Phoenix. I grew up in Virginia, so I just moved out here, and I was working with Renee Fuery, who you remember her probably from the ball hairs. We were walking to a meeting, and she looked over at me. I think I'd known her for about a week, and she goes, you're tall. You should come play dodgeball. And that was it. I joined her. I think we exchanged numbers after that meeting, and we walked back, and she gave me the directions, and I showed up for that Thursday open gym. It was 8.5. We were still at the Armory down in Phoenix across from Reds. And it was Arizona dodgeball days. Hooked ever since. That's right. I still have yet to mm-hmm. find that gym. Like, we think it's Petty Crew, but it, it can't be. Like, I remember Hardwood Floor, right? Like, did they have like... You're, this... in, the, 
Yeah, you're in the guard. How do you not know where the armory is? I, I just don't know. Like, there's tons of armories throughout all of Arizona, but... Yes, that's fair. And I also can't just, it's... like, start wandering into facilities, but I might... Um... I think I drive by. You don't by. get like a secret government pass to go wherever you want. I mean, I have a top secret pass, but it doesn't work that mm -hmm. way. There's like, what are you yeah. doing here? I'm like, I don't know. I'm trying to find a dodgeball court from like 20 years ago. Like, can you guys <laughs> help me out? But um, I think it's Van Buren and 52nd. I'm pretty sure it's out in that area. I, I think I know where it is. Like, I think I drive by there every other Tuesday. I'm like, one of these days, I'm just going to go in there. And I, you know what? I think I'm going to do that. Like, by I'll this month. The... I'll do the Hooch classic and I'll print out a map and circle. Is it Hooch or Kenny who does that? Oh, and I'll Jesus. circle and point arrows to the gym. Anyone that is, uh, that knows who I am will, will draw me a map, but Hooch will definitely do yes. that, but he doesn't know where it is either. So he can't even, he has no room to talk, but, um, okay. So 2007, um, you came in just because, uh, you were tall. I guess that was the only criteria mm -hmm. Renee was looking for. I guess so. Had you yeah, had... tall, somewhat athletic looking. I mean, I just I played volleyball for Maryland, so I think coming out of that, I still looked somewhat athletic. I think I had that going for me. Must have been. And this was had you had you played dodgeball before, like as a kid in high school or? Oh yeah, yeah. We used to play at recess all the time. I had fond memories. You know, the typical cliche: teacher jumping in kind of letting out some aggression. Yeah, 100% played in recess. I think even kind of played in my neighborhood a little bit out in the back park. Nice. Yeah. Do you remember your your first like experience playing dodgeball? Like your first time ever as a kid? Uh, I don't. I just, I more so remember the first time at the armory because I remember Travis lit me up in the face and I think I was there for maybe 20 minutes before I got my first headshot. But um, obviously you kept playing. So what was going on in your mind when that happened? Um... Uh, this might sound weird. I enjoy the brutality of sports in a sense. I like the physicality of it. With walking into that gym, it was also a great introduction to a whole group of people around my age being new to the area. There was the social aspect of it as well as the okay we're here to actually play a sport. This isn't something where the guys take it easy on the girls just because they're girls. Everybody comes to compete. It was it was a perfect blend of competition and then social at the bar afterwards. And I came in, I think I had just turned 23. I was 22 going on 23. So that time of my life, both were super appealing. Like still having that competitive fix, being fresh out of volleyball from college, and then finding an incredible cult, like almost social group and network. I mean, it was win-win. That, that's, um, yeah. The reason why I ask it is like, even for, for males, like you get in the face your first time showing up, they're like, mm, now I'm out. Like they just, no, yeah. they're just done. No, it takes I, a, you're good. Yeah. I, I love the competitive nature of it. Like the fact that he didn't, I don't even think he flinched. Cause I remember afterward, I thought he was a jerk. I kind of, busted his balls a little bit at the bar and we became pretty close friends, but that where they don't, there's a respect there. I mean, he wasn't a complete jerk. He, he obviously apologized after the fact, but he treated it as though, Oh, she can take it. She's tough. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if maybe I'm wired a little bit differently. I didn't find offense in it. I think I took it as, Oh, okay. Everybody is here to compete. I would definitely say you are. Cause that's, I mean, I, I would see this happen all the time in 
Tucson Open Gyms, like, um, you know, you take a handful of people that show up for dodgeball, they get hit in the face. Uh, very rarely do you get someone that's like, oh, yeah, it's game on. I'm going to keep playing now. Most of the time, they just they don't want to ever come back. So um, I thought it's cool that – what's that? Yeah. I think my mindset was, dude, duck. Just duck next time. So your head's the easiest part of your body to move. <laughs> Yeah, um, it's dodgeball, so get out of the way. Um, and I, I feel like I have to say this to anybody who is listening to this. I don't condone headshots. They just happen. Yeah. I was going to say, it's it's a bit different if... Um, yeah, he was not aiming for me. It was an incidental of the play. Yeah, if he like teed off on you yeah. when you're like two feet away from him, you could see a little bit more of like aggressive there. I'm, I imagine that's not what happened. It's probably no, no, good no. distance. Yeah, it's a uh, yeah, headshots are. I mean, that's potential podcast in and of itself. Like, who's for him? Who's against him? But at the put end me of on day, that forum. Yeah, I'll be on that one. You're pro. Like, hey, if I get hit, I get hit. It's done deal. I think. Yeah, I don't know. I feel it, it. There's an emotional response. So when you get hit in the face, I see it go two ways. There's the, and this is just speaking from like historically, mostly what I see in Phoenix in league play, is it kind of wakes you up a little bit, so it can turn into a, okay, I just got nailed in the face, that shot of adrenaline. At the same time, I don't want anybody to talk to me afterwards. Like I'd rather it kind of be ignored and just kind of a nod, like a head nod from the other side. Like, are you okay? Versus everybody stop and the crowd in and oh my gosh, are you okay? Are you okay? If I'm actually down and out for the count, give me a second, let me recuperate and then let me go from there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's um it makes like, me think of Kirsten because I think Kirsten's the same way. Like she gets pissed. Sorry, I don't know if I can say that word. She gets yeah, angry. She gets very angry <laughs> when she gets hit in the face. And it's made worse when somebody comes up to her and makes a bigger deal of it. Whereas just shake it off, she's fine, and then move on. Yeah, like just give this person some some air and yeah. let them recover on their own. Yeah. Unless they're like knocked out cold, I guess. Which yes. I don't think has ever happened. Um, mm, round two, there was an incident. Really? Yeah, remember? I think it was uh, Ketchum and some some in the back court. Uh, we were in Long Beach. It was Long Beach or Vegas? No, it was Vegas round two. And she was there was that back wall, that cement wall was probably I don't know half a foot from the end line, and Ketchum teed off on her. And it hit her so hard, she rocked her head and cracked her head back on the wall. And that was a scary one to watch. Yeah, that's that was a really scary incident to watch. She was okay, and I remember seeing her carried off. I know Brittany Mazro was there, and a couple others. I think Kiki was around as well, which I'm pretty sure she's a nurse, so she was in good, quick, immediate hands. That, that's way different, though. Like being hit into the wall. I mean, that's yeah. Stop, yeah. stop what you're doing, and make sure that person's okay. But just like Dangerous the sport. Yeah, but just like the typical yeah. headshots, like. I'm kind of the same. I, I think for me, like you get hit and it's like, I feel like the ball's still on my face. Like there's just a big red loser on your face. Like I hate that feeling. Um, mm -hmm. just want that to go away, but it does wake you up. Like, I'm not saying I like headshots, but sometimes it's like, oh, okay, I'm in it now. Yeah. And I will say this, I'd rather get hit in the face with an 8.5 than no sting. Huh? A hundred percent. I could, uh, why don't you go ahead and elaborate on that? It, I, I think it's because of the, with an 8.5, there's a bigger surface area and it's a slower ball. Right. So it just kind of, you feel it more like there's more 
volume for the ball to lose impact. I'm I'm butchering the physics of this. I just know from <laughs> anecdotally, it hurts way worse getting hit in the face with a nose sting than 8.5. Yeah, that but, little ball has a whip to it, and it's a lie. They do sting. Yeah, that's why I was. Yeah, like, I was gonna say it's just a lie. That ball type is a lie. It is a load of crap. I like the uh, Stay Puffed Marshmallow. I'd rather call it that. Um, yeah. Than a no sting ball because those things, yeah, they they don't feel good. Um, and every time I get cracked by one, I'm like no sting my my beep, you know, like no way that, that crap. And it also depends on who throws it, but. Mm-hmm. And um, you've seen the Vince the Vince headshot that I took at the. 10th, I think it was the 10K tournament, the infamous suicide headshot. I think so. Yeah. Suicide from Vince headshot. Uh, remind me what happened afterwards. He hugged me. He won. It was one-on-one. It came down to the two of us. I waited for him to go in the air because I knew he was going to the suicide. He went airborne. I tried to throw a foot. I watched this YouTube video over and over again because I'm convinced I clipped his foot. I'm convinced I actually won that match. Hmm. But then, so I I stood my ground because I decided in that moment, I'm going to wait until he's airborne. I'm going to make my play when he can't react. And doing that, I'm now standing in an upright position and he's coming down on me with the ball in his hand. So there's really, I mean, the first thing, the first target in his line of sight is my face. As he's coming down. As he's coming down, that one rocked me back. I think I couldn't see straight for a good 10, 15 minutes after that. Any animosity with that? Or you're just like, dang. Oh, no, no, no. It was, yeah, no, it was fine. Other than the fact that I'm still convinced I won. Yeah. What do you think of suicides? If you're listening, huh? What what do you think of suicides? Just in general. Um, I think they started calling them flight kills. And my understanding is they were eliminated because of the risk of injury because I didn't somebody break their leg coming down off a of flight kill. Oh God. I hope not. I'm pretty sure that's what did, did them away in the rule set. I don't know. I think they're, they're a high risk, low reward play. Hmm. If there are several people in on your side, so say it's maybe five versus one or four versus one. If you have somebody who can athletically pull it off, who has a decent approach, I think something like basketball players or, Somebody who has that approach and coordination, maybe. Right. But I think they're more flashy than just having a couple people with balls throw the ball and take care of it. So I liked it when we had Ben Snyder because we would put two or three people on the far left or right, and then Ben would come in from another angle. And so mm-hmm. it was almost like guaranteed someone's going to hit you. And oh, yeah. But that's Ben Snyder who's like... A volleyball player. A volleyball player, and he has yes. the... I mean, you could... Yeah, he, he he's can, also six three, six four. Yeah, he's got the length and yeah. the and the jump. So I mean, that would make sense. Um, we even called him Kamikaze for that, um, mm-hmm. and it worked really well. But then, you know, that was backed up with other throwers, and then, you know, if it was myself yeah. doing it, um, not so much. But um, I think they're they're a cool play. Like like just randomly, like oh my god, they're gonna do it, and then you see it, and it, it's kind of exciting. But um, oh, yeah they're cool i mean i'm not taking away the coolness factor i just think they're unnecessary like if you're thinking strategy wise you could take or leave it they just look cool they're flashy it's the flashy play yeah what um so you you said volleyball um what other sports have you played uh growing up 
I did not play an organized sport until I was in high school. So I actually didn't start playing sports until I was about 14. I did grow up in a neighborhood. I grew up in the woods in Virginia. So spent a lot of time playing out in the woods, dirt bikes, baseball, home run derby in the backyard, uh, football, flag football, that kind of stuff. But my predominant sport was volleyball, played through high school, played volleyball for Maryland in college. And then coming to Arizona, picked up dodgeball, gave that up and then started playing hockey. So I got into ice hockey out in Arizona and then from there picked up competitive weightlifting. And now I am back into dodgeball gotcha. and weightlifting. For some reason I thought you played hockey before dodgeball, but I'm realizing, mm -hmm. I mean, I've known you for like 13 years. So yeah, that was a fun happenstance. It was a happy accident getting into hockey. Um, how did that happen? I was coaching at Seton Catholic and I was one of the parents who helped keep score on our bench or helped keep stats on the bench. We were switching games and I was checking the score of the Capitals game and she saw me looking at my phone and she saw what I was doing and she's like, oh, do you play hockey? I was like, no, I just watch. She ended up being somebody who plays. So she invited me to her women's team. Her women's team has been skating together, Strange Brew. This team has been skating together for 15, 16 years. Dang. Kind of the same thing. I walked in like, I don't know how to skate. I've never been on any skates before. She's like, no, 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 comments. It's laid back. We're a good group. Walked into the rink and some of the girls on the team had played in college. One of them played at North Dakota State, another one out in Plattsburgh in, in New York. And it was just funny because it was, again, kind of similar to dodgeball where, oh, these women compete. It was an incredibly fast-paced, super physical really impressive fun game and i was like you know what sure why not and her husband is close in size with me gave me an extra set of pads i spent hours looking at youtube videos trying to figure out how to put all the gear on <laughs> and went and got ice skates got them baked to my feet and then showed up and they they literally taught me everything i know so over the next five six years i played with them traveled to tournaments played in like their version of nationals, which was USA and Canada. We had a huge women's tournament in Vegas. Yeah, it was fun. And I'll just, because someone invited you because you're watching uh -huh. the Cavs play. Yeah. I don't say no to a lot in terms of athletics. Like I, I'll try anything once. I'm trying to think of like, you know, does this have anything to do with just how you grew up? You know, you said you, you played on the woods. Uh, you played every game imaginable, um, got dirty, weren't afraid to, to get messed up a little bit. Um, oh. I mean, is that, uh, is that I, it accurate, could or? be. Yeah. I don't know. I think I just get really curious. I, the best way I could put it is the, the most fun thing about something is learning it. It's kind of a sloppy way to say it, but the, in, the intriguing part about getting into a new hobby is that discovery phase where it's new, it's exciting. It's something different. There are a lot of little things to master and just kind of figure out and you're thrown into a good group of people. So there's a level of vulnerability to it where you have to be comfortable. Like I'd never been on skates before. Luckily with hockey skates, it's a flat blade. So it's not like an ice skate where there's a toe pick and it's a thinner blade. It was pretty easy to pick up, but there's just something fun about that challenge of throwing yourself into something new. Hmm. Yeah. And then, yeah, I think to your point, the aggressiveness, I, I don't know. There's, 
in terms of how I manage stress, I think a lot of my outlet is through that physicality and finding that in sports is something that draws me to stuff like hockey and dodgeball. That's crazy. So just because I mean, like you had to learn how to skate and then, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. I still don't know how to stop for the record. Oh, I've I've been there. That's Um, what the boards are for. (laughs) The boards will catch me. The boards will catch me. Um, there's just like so much, so many, like, I'm not trying to be negative, but there's just so many reasons to like say, no, it's too much. I don't know how to skate or it's too expensive or I don't know what I'm doing or I'm going to embarrass myself. Like you just kind of just throw all that to yeah. the winds and say, no, this is going to be a great growing learning experience. And you just have a different mindset about it. Right. That's. It's so cheesy. I say that I coach volleyball as well. I've coached for like 11 years. And I say this to my girls all the time when they're hesitant to do something the worst thing that can happen is you get better. It was literally the worst thing that could happen. You know, say I show up, I'm terrible. I fall down 10, 15 times, but you get back up. Right. And I already knew Sam. Sam was the woman who brought me in. She was one of my favorite parents at Seton. So it's like, okay. And then I get to do this with really awesome people. I mean, one of my, my teammates ranged in age from my age. I was about 29 when I started all the way up, we had a girl on our team who is 62. So just the life experience of the the dozen or so girls there, I mean, you're going to take something away from it. So you got to kind of get over that fear of like, it's that ego you're really getting over of, oh, I'm not good enough. What if I'm bad? Of course, I'm going to be bad. I've never done it before. Like, I can't expect myself to be good in that situation. So the, the absolute worst thing that can happen in that is I laugh. Like, yeah, maybe I'm terrible, but it's hilarious. Hmm. I make a couple new friends and I learn something. Like I, I, I'm a pretty smart person. I'll, I'll pick up, I'm fairly athletic. Like I'm naturally athletic. I'm sure I'll pick up some aspect of this and it'll help me decide if I do it or not. Like if I continue with it or not, it's to be determined, but I'm at least going to try. That's awesome. Um, it's funny because a whole little ramble. Sorry. Oh, there's going to be more. Um, <laughs> just give me a reason now. Um, th- that's, I, we've talked about this, um, you know, one-on-one before we're just like, mm-hmm. I think even my mentality has kind of changed to that now where it's like, you know what, this is gonna be tough, but that's why I, I need to do it. I'll figure it out. Like I'll struggle, but the stuff will come out of it is, is far more substantial than just saying, no, I don't want to because I'm intimidated or, or I'm scared. And I mean, what, what could the worst thing that happened be? Like, like you said, you might fall a few times and you're not going to go to jail or you're not going to get killed because of it. So it's like, no. what, what is, what, what's really so bad? Um, yeah. The what, ego is a hard thing to get over. Definitely. Um, oh, geez. Um, no, I'm going <laughs> to, <laughs> I mean, that's what happened. Like, that's how I got even back into dodgeball. That's which I signed up for nationals last year on a whim. Let's just, you know what, let's, let's go for that. Um, because that's, I, I feel like that's probably one of the coolest, um, stories and one, one of the coolest things to watch, um, from, you know, hanging out in my living room, um, you know, you talking about, I want to go to nationals to almost, um, playing on what arguably arguably could have been one of the most competitive teams i mean the rise brand is is no joke and people can say what they want but at the end of the day like rise is an incredible team um how do you you just want to start from the beginning or um, how did it all start how did i come back yeah well actually i mean because i do want to get into like the earlier part 
we can we can pocket that question um because okay. i definitely will ask that um i want to talk about it so bad um but i do want to ask like you know 2007 going back to you know open gym eventually that turned into league play at some point you heard about um what grand canyon state games national dodgeball mm-hmm. league like what uh what made you go beyond just the regular thursday rec league yeah it was so from the competitive side it was definitely grand canyon state games where i dipped my foot into the competitive nature and it was i remember syndicate used to come out it was like vince ish nate Kreider, um the harold brothers Mark, I believe, was on that team. There were a few others that, that rotated in with that crew. Rise used to come out. Rise was a rotating cast at that point, too. I think Billy Schmidt was still on Rise at that point. Casey, I think Anthony had even done a season with Rise back then. And the girls were Corinna. You had Kelly. You had Louisa kind of step in every now and then. And then the girls that used to come out of LA, I remember like Brittany Masro, Jessica, um, all the classics like Rebecca, I'm I'm sure I'm Nicole Chasen. I'm leaving off so many names, but just that that whole LA crew started to come out, and that's when I realized, okay, this is a this is a really fun sport where people are actually traveling state lines. And then I think from then my bigger tournament like started doing a lot of traveling between Arizona and California. Bell, Bells of the Ball, the 2011 version, where it was just the first all women's tournament. That was an absolute blast that was a ton of dodgeball i think that was my first experience playing just women's and not doing co-ed outside of ball busters in the grand canyon women's division gotcha so long story short i think it was a lot of that back and forth between arizona and phoenix both through grand canyon state games one-off tournaments out in california the bell of the ball series bells of the ball series that got started Funny enough, I never played NBL. I was on Rampage and I shattered my finger. So I never ended up making that year and I didn't end up going to New Zealand. I was scheduled to go to New Zealand with them when Bill Fair had put that team together. That's right. So it was Alan, Ben Snyder, um, I believe Kirsten, Nicole Chasen, and I forget the other girl who ended up joining. And that was, was that 2011 when they went to New Zealand? I think so. I'm, I'm getting fuzzy on my ears. Yeah, I'm trying to. I want to say it was. Um, yeah, it had to have been because uh, Chris Bell and like when we were roommates, he actually had the entire New Zealand bracket mounted yeah. on his wall, which is I think so because cool. that's when they were yeah the red and black jersey. So I think Chris Bell was on that team too. That's crazy. And Santi, yeah. I think ben Charles... Snyder was on. Brian Armand was on. I think Charles was on too. Um, mm-hmm. That's funny that you never made an NDL appearance. Um, no. And then years after that, I would go back to Buffalo. My grandmother lives in Buffalo, and it was the one thing that I would go east every year to see her and my cousins, and that tournament always fell on the same weekend. And I always picked dodgeball over family, or excuse me, I picked family over dodgeball, which looking back, kind of regret. <laughs> I, I do wish I had done a few of those of those Vegas tournaments, but it For, all worked out in the end. Yeah, for as much... Uh as much as I can kind of go into the negative about the NDL, um, they really had a solid product um, up mm-hmm. until 2012. That's when it was really starting to be like, okay, they're th- this just is bad. But um, the the golden era, if you would, would be, I would say, 2007 to, to 11. That's when it was at its best. Mm-hmm. And then you had like the Grand Canyon State games that always led into that. And 
we'd get a chance to like play against the Californians a couple of times and you'd have that like state pride, like oh, once again, we come yeah. San Diego or LA to, to take our, you know, our gold medals. But, um, God, it was such a good time. And, um, when was your, was your first elite last year then, or? No, I had played elite with Alliance. Oh man. It was the one out in California. It was the invite only one that Mark had run. I want to say that was also 2011. I think that's when he had, when NDL had stopped, Ed Prentice, that whole disaster that happened. I hear, I heard all of it. I was never there, but I heard it. And then Mark had picked up with the invite only tournaments and I played with Alliance out in California. What, um, I mean, I almost want to ask the same question, but I feel like we'll get the same answer. What was the appeal? Like competition, yeah, traveling play. competition. I, I love the idea of tournaments where you just kind of go all day. Yeah, it's a different mindset in a tournament as opposed to a league because just versus one hour, you're there for six or seven. Right. So the the idea of, okay, proper fueling, how do you keep the attention span up? How do you keep that, okay, that fight, that drive? How do you carry that through an entire day? It's a, It's a lot more challenging. I like that dynamic of it. And it's just so fun to see everybody. So how, how do you um, keep the mentality all day? Like what goes on in your head when, from the moment you walk in? Dangerous question. I, I had to ask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I am a quiet person. I'm pretty mental. I, I typically like to keep a low profile in that sense. And what I'll usually do is I'll scout out a gym i'll walk around i'll get familiar like eyes and spatial awareness and just adjust to all the noise people warming up sometimes there's music going and then from there if i'm not playing i'm usually off by myself so i don't typically do a lot of chatting or catching up just because talking to people is sometimes energy for me in and of itself hmm. i'll usually put headphones on or kind of dip back to my own or i'll I'll bounce around or find a chair or corner to sit in and just kind of wait out until the next game. I do like to watch. I like to watch and recruit. So I like watching the games that are going on above me. I think that's something to help you mentally keep in the game is okay. If I was in that position, how would I play this? Or once you get start getting closer to bracket time, just really kind of scouting out the teams that are playing ahead of you can help keep you in it. Makes sense. Do you ever get knocked out of it? Like I I'm, I'm down mentally or like, do you have- yes. Yes, there was a deck the balls a few years ago, the 8.5 tournament that Cactus usually puts on Phoenix dodgeball had put on before we were going from about 9am and I think it was 10 or 11 o'clock and we were still going. Oh my God. It's kind of one of those days and I shut down. I was cold. It was cold in the gym. I did not care anymore. That was a hard one. It was a hard one to kind of keep that one going. But I mean, that was a recreational one. So it's not like, yeah. Yeah. Like there's a lot of stake involved if you, if you check, man. Eh, I don't know. It's still, I mean, any tournament, regardless of where you are, there's always something at stake. It's so hard to just play for fun. But you given those ingredients, you're just like, nah, I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. That was probably one of my worst. Like at the end of it, I was so ready to be home and showered and comfortable. (laughs) I feel like that happens during, um, Sin City. At some point, you're just like, oh, I just want to go home. I'm so tired. <sighs> but what? Um, I'm sorry. What were you going to say? No, I was going to say, it's what makes me sad. Not sad. Co-ed, I think, is my favorite. I love co-ed. I love, I don't have as much experience with just women's, but competitively, I, I do love co-ed. 
I think that's the one thing that makes me a little bit sad in the elite tournaments and even as we move into USA is by then, I mean, you've already played an entire division, whether it's women's or open. So when it comes around time for co-ed, everybody is just kind of not tired, but not at a hundred percent. Right. I'm going to ask this and you can answer if you want to. I, I can't myself, but what, what are your thoughts on the, the three, three split now? Oh man. Honest opinion. I don't like it. How come? It worked out well for me. I took advantage of it coming into the, what would have been the 2020 season, but let me find my words. Yeah, it's probably gonna be a not sensitive one, but I mean this this had drawn a lot of controversy yeah. um or discussion, however you wanna word it, um, in the threads. But um I was just curious, like I'm going to preface it by saying I know that every move that was done is done with the intention of growing the sport. And I don't know what it's like to be in Jake's position. I don't know what it's like to be in Mark's position. I can't fathom what they have to go through to organize and put these things on. With that said, I do miss the 4-2 ratio for co-ed. And the reason being, when you look at dodgeball, when you look at the top, top tier, I mean, absolute top tier players, men and women in any ball type, I think men outperform women. And I'm talking not in general, I'm talking when you get the best of the best. So when you get your Ketchums, when you get your McGee's, when you get your Dylan's, and then you get your Pages, and you get your Brenda's, if you put those top 1% people in a room together, the men are typically going to be faster and stronger and just overall more competitive if you blend them together. So when you think of it that way, or when I think of it that way, I think to keep co-ed as competitive as possible you have more men on the court than women because at that top level the men are going to be better it's a good thing and this is the last episode I'm, of the season because <laughs> i was gonna say i don't want to piss anybody off in saying that sorry i just swore again i don't want to make anybody angry in saying that but i don't think it's not a matter of right or wrong that's just my opinion like that's that's my belief Right. I, um, well, first of all, uh, mm -hmm. I appreciate you watching the swear words, but you can, you can say pissed off all you want. That's, okay. that's fine. It's, it's the B word, the D word, H F word, S word. Um, should I just, should I just ring them all off to get them out of my system? If you want to, and then I can just split them up over the cross of the, over the course of the rest of the interview. I don't want to do that. But, um, no, it's, it's touchy. Cause it's, it is, I mean, there's also the type of player that I like to be on the court, you know, and, and that's where, Part of why I wanted to be on Rise and I even wanted to be on Rainbows before they merged, I'd actually reached out to Alan in the middle of last season is watching girls like Tiffany and Kate. Like you watch how they play in the system and the systems that Rise and Rainbows and how they use their girls, how Rise would use Karina or Kelly or Tanya, you know, all the girls they have coming through, Heidi. It's, it's a very protect and catch kind of player. And I resonate with that player, which is why I tend to lean to co-ed being 4-2. Like, I think that's the most fun and the most competitive. Can you, uh, can you explain protecting catch a little bit more? So like, give me an example. Yeah. So I more. think, and I, 
I used to, I had been watching quite a bit of film and I, a lot of the, I remember even Tiffany back at, it was Nash, or was it, it was Vegas. It was Vegas last year and it was Rainbows versus Crisis. And she, I believe, and sorry if I'm getting this wrong, but I believe she plays that two or that five spot. So she plays right inside that wing player. And I think it was Alan had gone up or it was Alan or Sean had gone up to square off against Ketchum. And as they were retreating, Ketchum obviously came up and countered and Tiff stepped in front and caught. And I mean, she caught it off her shoulder and her neck as Sean was retreating. And it's like she had stepped up and kind of protected her wing and she played it beautifully and she ended up coming away with a catch. Dang. And it was just such a like, that's kind of what I mean by protect and catch is it's not a pointless position. Like, yeah, it's not glamorous in the sense that you're not always the one throwing. Sometimes you have a ball, sometimes you don't, but her ability to hold somebody off, like even though she got the catch in that situation, she's intimidating enough. She can hold off her corner. So she plays that high spot so well where she can hold off her corner. I see people like Ashley do it, Ashley with her pump fake, you know, and she played for, Ah, I'm drawing a blank at the name. I know it's not Shade. She didn't play for Shade. I can see the jerseys. They were white and hexagon. Dope. Dope. Thank you. Yeah. So she plays that same kind of position. I think sometimes she even takes that corner. So a lot of it is that kind of protect and catch. And that's, I mean, is that a style that you've basically just kind of adopted throughout the years or watching film you're like i'm gonna do that more or how'd you fall into that i'm also gonna shout out kiki because i remember watching speaking of crisis kiki does this so well where it's usually you're the last girl in and she she's her and kate were always always the last girls in you watch and you see somebody like catch them or brett in the queue and you know they're going to be good for that catch right like yeah. you know that they're gonna sacrifice whatever it takes to get that one person in. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't even see it as a sacrifice with Kate or Geeky because they're just they're so zoned in and they can usually pull one in and stay alive. Yeah, not, not so much um sacrifice, maybe just they're gonna stand their ground and score mm-hmm. up against one ball, they're gonna pick hone on it and they're gonna catch it no matter what happens. Like take yeah. a face shot all you want to get out, doesn't matter. Yeah. You can bring that one person in. Yeah, they're fearless. Defiance. I think those are yeah, some of my female female dodgeball role models right there. Gotcha. So uh but going back to like your the way you play, I mean, is that something you just developed over the course of, of the years or did you watch film and say that's how I want to be, I want to be that kind of player, or like how'd that fall into place? I'm naturally defensive minded. I think in all the sports I've played, I, I always enjoy defense. There's that cliche, offense wins games, defense wins championships. Hmm. I think cliches are cliches for a reason. There's some truth to that. Um, I think there's nothing demoralizing for another team. There's nothing more momentum shifting than that great catch. Like I think that is one of the most exciting plays in dodgeball. It is one of the biggest swing plays in the sense that the most people leave and enter the court off a catch. Like your thrower is out. And then you bring somebody back in. Never. Yeah, a lot of those reasons. It's catching is definitely a skill. And I'm tall. I think agility wise, I, and this even comes from volleyball. One of the things we learn in volleyball is you stop when the hitter is contacting the ball. So if I'm playing defense and somebody is up to hit the ball, regardless of where I am on the court, I stop to make a play on the ball. I think that translated over to dodgeball where 
regardless of where I am on the court, I'm going to stop, I'm going to square up, and I'm going to make a play on this ball. And I look at it a lot as like volleyball, you dig, and I look at catching the same way I looked at volleyball. So it's like, okay, if somebody's squaring off on me, I'm going to pick who I think the stronger arm is, or I'm going to pick, I'm going to zone in on one, and then I'm going to make a play on it. And I think I learned that to my detriment because I never learned how to ball block properly. That's still something that I can't do properly because I always prefer to go for the catch. I don't like playing with the ball in my hand. I prefer to go for the catch or try to get out of the way. So when you say square up, so let's say um, somebody across the court. No, let's put you in like the left corner and someone in the middle is about to throw. They're not looking at you. There's a good chance the ball's not coming at you, but how do you? You don't know that. So you just, I mean, Katie has one of, Rachel Rodia has one of the best no look shots. And so does Katie. So it's just, you always have to be ready and it's harder. It's like you, you anticipate everything coming your way. Gotcha. So, in, and in a lot that... of it is is studying the player too. So you had asked about film. I think this goes into watching other teams and really actually paying attention to what they're doing. Right. In the sense of like, what is their body language? Where are their hips? Do they throw off their back foot or front foot? When they pump fake, do they do they come up differently? Like knowing who has that great no look shot, like Pyan. Pyan has an incredible. Okay, if I'm coming up, he doesn't have a lot of a tell and you know he's just accurate anywhere so if he's up pressing at all you anticipate that ball coming to you gotcha and so that's what you're saying with with volleyball where if somebody makes contact with the ball everything just stops and you just focus on that person yeah like you don't try to get back if you're out of position you don't try to get back into position if you're stuck in an unfortunate spot so for how that would translate for dodgeball is let's say i'm up at the line I follow, I have a ball, my corner has a ball because I typically play the five spot. So if we're coming up, middle throws, corner throws, I ditch my ball back to the corner and now I'm stuck there because I have a decision to make. I either have to throw my ball and then risk losing ball control. I stand there with my ball in my hand, leaving my corner exposed and try to ball block, which I'm not good at. So the best option is either to throw if I have the shot and risk ball control or kick the ball back to my corner and stand and try to catch, even if I'm four foot away from the person throwing. And Not ideal. I mean, right. I could try to dodge as well. Dylan does it great. Dylan does this crazy, you know, he gets down on his knees, like four foot behind that throw line, and he can, he can pick them off. So that's kind of what I mean by it. It's like, even if I'm in that position as they're throwing, I'm not trying to backpedal as they're throwing. I should probably either dodge. I don't know. Maybe I should backpedal. Maybe I'm full of, I'm sorry, full of crap. <laughs> no sorry. But that's how I play it. Like if yes, have, if that's how I play it, that's why I square off wherever I am and try to make a play on the ball where I am on the court. Cause I'm not fast enough to get back. Like I'm not as fast as somebody like Paige or Rachel or Crystal. Like there's a lot of size for me to move around. I'm better standing my ground and trying to get that close contact catch or jump over it or dive underneath it or something like that. So when you said, when you said dig, what, what does that mean? Oh, pass. So if somebody hits the ball in volleyball, it's if you receive, like if you dig up a hit, it's gotcha. another word for pass. Yeah. I was thinking like you just dig in, like I'm planted. I'm no, no, I'm... sorry. No, that's, that's fine. That's why I wanted to pass bump. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. So I just want to get clarification on that. Um, 
man, one of these days I'm going to actually start watching film with the intent of actually paying attention instead of looking mm-hmm. for, for cool plays. But um, you're absolutely right about like that exciting it always happens like, you know, towards the end of finals where somebody catches and the crowd goes nuts and then the momentum changes and you could feel it coming and that person runs in super excited and somehow they're just like, oh, I've got 10 more miles an hour on my throw now because I'm so jazzed up and it is exciting to watch. Like I love when that happens. Um, not when it happens to you though, but um, mm-hmm. let's go into like your favorite style of ball. So if you had to rank, um, you know, 8.5, no sting, foam. I guess cloth. Have you have you, have you played cloth before? Have you had a chance to I experience did. it? Yeah, I played cloth in South round one. That's right. You get to actually yeah. play in a round. Got um, to play in a round. Twenty twenty everyone. Eight point five coed is my all time favorite. And then women's ah, this is tough because foam is starting to grow on me. I think I'm gonna go women's no sting, women's foam, <laughs> and then coed no sting. I think that's how I'd rank my four. No, no, no. I take it back. Co-ed 8.5, women's no sting, co-ed no sting, women's film. Gotcha. I'm writing these down like it's super important. Like I must get the order correctly. (laughs) I think everybody likes what they came into. So I think that's why I still have that love for 8.5. And to your point, it is like when you physically hear the hit of that ball, or you get that catch, it's a bit more noticeable than than some of the others, just for like the appeal factor. Yeah, that's the weirdest thing, because like I was thinking about that. Um, was it Edgar that I was talking? Uh, I mean, it's come up a few times. Um, even me and Mark Aikum have gone over a lot. It's just like, mm-hmm. I don't feel like I've got like a really aggressive, mean bone in my body. Like, I don't like seeing people suffer. But sometimes, man, like in football, you just see that nice hit, just like, oof, that was nice. But, um, mm-hmm. I feel like 8.5 is is like that. Like the catches are more solid. Um, there is the occasional like, holy crap, how that person catch that foam ball? Like that made no sense. Oh what yeah, a, what absolutely. A, what a pluck. Gymnastics of the smaller balls is is also exciting in yeah. its own right. Like you see, I mean, Paige's catches at Worlds, McGee's jumping catch at Worlds. Just picturing that the yeah, yeah. four feet. But we know and, it. We yeah. know it. It's not from like a spectator standpoint. It's not as noticeable. Like it's like, wait, what? Did I miss it? And they have to go back and rewatch it. Whereas if parents or spectators were watching eight point five, it's it's sports culture. I mean, you say you're, you have you don't have a mean bone in your body. It it's not just you. I think it's kind of societal. I mean, what gets cheered the most? What gets the highlight reel? The ESPN highlight reel in football is the big open field hits and tackles. Same thing with hockey. It's the fights. It's the hits. So I think it's a, I don't know. I think yeah. it's more than just you. It's like I'm embracing violence. What's wrong with me? Um, yeah. I, I don't know if that's good or not. I don't know if that's healthy or not. I don't know. I just yeah. think it's not uncommon, I will say. We also make a good point. Like we we love what we're born into. So I mean, mm-hmm. had I grown up playing dodgeball where foam was the only ball, I'd probably say, well, no, like if you were if you're stuck somebody with a phone ball, it sounds cool. Um, who yeah. knows, but that's always, um, a still a fun question to, to ask, but, um, yeah. But you know, I, I have bigger hands. I'm tall. I mean, I'm six two. I'm a natural overhand thrower. So I, I didn't have trouble throwing an 8.5 ball. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen you whip those things. And my favorite was like watching you throw and then 
everyone clears out of the way and this ball just sails past everyone and just slams into the wall. I'm like, good God, <laughs> what a hard throw. That's awesome. Like you just only my aim were better. Yeah. Like we're all thanks. Th- <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, Only none of my, my teammates are getting hit. I just remember, Glad it sounded cool. Yeah, it sounds great. It's it just yeah. has a lot of force behind it. It's really cool. Um, but yeah, again, glad we're mm-hmm. you're missing us versus sticking us. So it's funny because the coming in, coming back into it, coming back into no sting. It's partly why I had taken a break is when league started to move to no sting. I I couldn't throw those balls, and I stopped being as good, and I. I put more focus into coaching and hockey and I took a, took a bit of a break. So I was like, ah, my shoulder doesn't really like these. I'm going to kind of step away. Coming back to elite last year, round one, and just seeing how one huge, the women's division had grown. And then it became one of those like, okay, I'm not fast enough for this ball type at all. Like this is an agility game. This is a completely different game. So everything I just talked about, 40 minutes ago or however long ago about why I love 8.5. None of that works for no stinger foam. <laughs> so that's where I remember I was talking to Brett or Ketchum. I think I was talking to both of them. Like, you just need to get more agile. I'm like, yep, that is absolutely what I need to do. This like plant and catch or plant and move that there's no way you can't track a no sting ball. Like you can an 8.5 ball. So it's been exciting. I think the past year, uh, everything name of the game has been to drop weight and just focus on speed and agility. I'm excited for it to come back. I think my ranking might change now that I can actually properly play these ball types. Yeah. Cause that's like you said, you know, a couple minutes ago, we're talking about based on your experience from before you started hitting the gym and, we're almost there. I really want to, like, when I ask that question, <laughs> we're going to probably go down a 20 minute rabbit hole. So, um, a couple more just to knock out if you don't mind, yeah. but, um, no. did you have any, um, role models growing up? Ooh, funny enough, not athletes. Most of my role models were, this is kind of cheesy, but authors. Can you name a few? Uh, Henry David Thoreau is probably my favorite. Walden is a book, or I think it's technically an essay that I've read front and back several, several times. I'm trying to think if I have an athlete one. I'd say Misty May. Misty May was always kind of an athletic role model just because her stature, she's not built for volleyball. And she's one of the best in the world. Like typically what you would think of as a volleyball player. I mean, she's 5'8", and she's a very athletic build. She's not like the tall, thin girl that you normally see on the court. And she's just such a down-to-earth, amazing human being. Like very giving, incredible mom, family focused. We met her when I was at Maryland. We bombarded her on our beach. We were playing Miami and we saw her just walking across the beach. And my roommate was like, that's Misty May. Like, yes, it is. (laughs) And imagine like a whole collegiate team running at you. And she stopped what she was doing. She hung out with us. She, She chilled with us for a while, answered all our questions, took all the pictures we wanted. So I'd probably say her. That's cool. If I had to pick an athlete, her. I love watching hockey, but I don't idolize the players as much. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I don't remember throwing this one in, but just in case, do you have a favorite superhero? A favorite superhero? Mm-hmm. No. Does uh, Stupendous Man count from Calvin and Hobbes? Sure. Okay, yeah. Let's go with him. Yeah, huge Calvin Hobbes fan. 
diehard Calvin you and Hobbes fan. Add Bill Watterson to my uh, role model list. There you go. Yeah. It's like, I'll get another one somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so this one kind of ties into what, what I want to get into. So initially this question was like, what was your Kramer moment? That's just basically asking like, okay, when you have the decision to say, I'm going to go to the gym, I'm done, enough is enough, I'm going to make this huge change for myself and I'm going to just put it in the work. I'm going to not look back. Um, what was that? So I know we've been kind of pushing this off a little bit, but it's basically let's to sum it up. Like, why are you playing again? And what got you on to rise? That's, that's kind of like the answer I'm looking towards. But if you want to start from the very beginning, I mean, what was it? Was it just, you missed dodgeball? Um, how, how did that start? Hmm. I'm trying to think of how much to say to a crowd of people. I'll be honest. Uh, A lot of it started with, I was very unhappy personally. I had shut down a lot of what I used to do that brought me fulfillment. I was just working. I had stopped coaching. Um, I wasn't playing volleyball. I wasn't playing dodgeball outside of league too much. And I think part of it was go all in. So I think that's what led me to start. I was talking to Grace and I know Box Cats was looking for another girl and she had reached out to me. And it was that moment of because of where I was mentally, I wanted to say no. And I knew, okay, if, if that's the case, you need to say yes. Like you just, you need to rip the bandaid off and you need to go back. Hmm. And then Chad Landrum had reached out and he had put together a co-ed team as well thinking it was still going to be 8.5. I I joke with him. I still to this day, I was like, if you knew it was no sting, you wouldn't have asked me, would you? And he won't say yes, but I know the answer is yes. So I I came back into elite as one of the, it it came from a source of being unhappy and just needing to get back to my old self. I think it's probably the best way to put it. And then the Kramer moment came in round two and box cats played finesse and we were up, we were actually beating them. So I think we had taken, it was best out of seven and we had taken the first three games. We just needed to win one more. And there was a moment where my body couldn't do what my mind wanted it to do. And I'm a sucker for an underdog story. They're a phenomenal team. And we just clicked like box cats had just clicked. We had no right beating them. If you stack player versus player and skill versus skill, but we came together as a team. We ended up dropping that match, but it was super hard fought. I remember being so angry with myself that I couldn't do what I wanted to do physically. And I think that started the, okay, if you're going to make an honest comeback, you need to be better. Like you need to do what you need to do to actually be good at this ball type because your whole game has to change. And it was that moment of asking myself, do I want to do that? And it was, yeah, absolutely. Like I'm a competitor by heart. It's something that makes me happy. Like that's the happiest, even though I was angry with myself, that's the happiest I had felt in a while. Just that feeling of competing again. So I think that was my Kramer moment. And then in Vegas, I was talking to Ketchum, kind of that same idea. We were, we were having that conversation about being back and, and needing to get better. And he had recommended Tyler who, as you know, I've been training with for the past year little over a year, about a year and a half now. So I've been with Tyler since last June. 
because it was after the Vegas round that I ended up taking Ketchum's advice and going to see him. Was uh Vegas was July, I think. Not not that it matters, but um Okay, yeah, July. I don't know why I'm such a stickler for like timelines. Like, no, it it was it happened on July first, okay. Um All good. All <laughs> my times are blurring together right now, so keep me honest. Um <clears throat> so that, that feeling of that okay, my my body's not doing what my mind wants to. Mm-hmm. How do I fix this? And then you you'd mentioned in order to get better at no sting, um was that also when Brett and Ketchum told you like you need to just get more agile or did those uh, happen they had, separately? They had told me earlier there was a, uh, I think somebody out in the East had done like a, a free agent combine type thing, like a free agent people looking to go to nationals who didn't have a team because box cats wasn't going to nationals and renegades was kind of hit or miss. And since they weren't making a decision, I decided to go as a free agent because I decided I did want to go. Right. So I think it was a combination that I knew. I mean, you know, as an athlete, like I knew I was too heavy to be as quick as I should be. But that didn't stop you. Just, you just threw yourself out there. Cause I remember it was, um, was that Mount Olympus that you played with in nationals? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tyrell picked me up. So Mount, Olymp- Mount Olympus picked me up. The young guys out of the East. And then I played a union for women. So Brit out of the Pacific Northwest picked me up and we actually ended up placing fourth in nesting which was, it was a, a ton of fun playing, playing with them at nationals. So, cause I had had about a month and a half. I'd finally adjusted to the ball type a bit and had started at the beginning of the weight loss journey. But I think the confidence was really the key. I was going to say, cause if you started with, in with trailer, with trailer, with Tyler mm-hmm. in July, um, start training with Tyler in July, geez. Um, you think I'd learn how to speak by now. Um, nationals yeah, but- was two months in so you're just starting to get like a feel for for the gym right and like just understanding kind of diet i think is most of weight loss it's just building better eating patterns and not drinking a bottle and a half of wine every night like i said kind of ties into the whole i was very unhappy at that part of my life so i was drinking a lot more than i should have been so i think uh lifestyle choices relationship choices kind of leading up to up to that Gotcha. Um, yeah. It's kind of like, I don't know if this is just mm-hmm. something that you and I might understand, maybe catch him, but like what role has, so Tyler, he was on the, um, the ball out podcast uh, a couple months ago. I want to say maybe April or May with catch him. And they're talking about training for dodgeball and all this other stuff. And holy crap, did we look out finding him? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the question is kind of dumb because it's, it's, I know what the answer is, but like how much of a role has he had and elite gym had in you basically, I almost want to say like claiming your life back. Like you're, you're back to where mm-hmm. I used to remember you when you're the happiest with volleyball, with, um, yeah. um, competitive weightlifting, playing dodgeball. You are way more competitive than I remember. Um, can you get into that a little bit? Just what's that been like? Uh- Yes, I will be incredibly honest. I This is probably embarrassing to admit on a podcast, but a lot of it was personal and he was my saving grace. So I broke off my engagement the week I got back from nationals and it was a mixture of getting myself back in my personal life 
that allowed me to be open. It was very amicable. Like there was no drama, anything like that. It was just the end of a end of an 11 year relationship and coming out of that with a fresh start and then finding Tyler and really kind of digging in even more there. Like he became my saving grace. The COVID shut everything down in March. So timeline of this September, I moved into my new place, kind of got a fresh start for myself personally, and then had several months kind of working through with Tyler and elite seeing you seeing catch him there kind of that like family aspect and then everything shut down in March so having Tyler be the type of person who when the gym shut down we brought equipment to a park so we could stay super distanced use minimal equipment I mean we tied a TRX band to a tree branch that's awesome it was, it was one of those situations. Like he would wheel, you know, 45 pound, however many pound kettlebells down. We'd have dumbbells. We'd have anything that you could need to do basic workouts just so I could keep into that routine because that was something that I had needed at that time. I can't recommend him enough to anybody who lives in Phoenix. He is, Tyler is an incredible human. That atmosphere has been a complete game changer. I'm down 75 pounds in a year. I'm going to be 36. And I, and to your point, like, I feel like I'm moving, like I'm in my twenties. I joke, like my goal is to be the female catch em. I'm never going to get there, but it's a fun thing to chase. Like he's kind of in terms of athlete role models, he's a tall, stronger person. Like he's kind of who I model myself after or try to, and just seeing him in there, putting in the work, seeing you in there, putting in the work, it's a fun family accountability dynamic. It's uh, yeah, it's 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 made all the difference. I mean that, and just being happy in my personal life. I think a combination of those two, which is probably way more intimate than I should be getting on a dodgeball podcast, but you never know. There you have it. Um, yeah, there you have it. I was I was kind of dancing around that part, that aspect. <laughs> I know, I appreciate that. But it's uh, I mean, it, it's yeah. it's so important, and that. A lot of people will just kind of, I don't want to say suffer, but they'll just settle for, uh, I don't even know what the word is. Um, I almost want to say like the mundane, but in order yeah. to, to get what you want, you have to sacrifice stuff and you have to change and you have to look at the whole, I guess. Um, yeah. And yeah, to, to echo your, your comments about Tyler, um, I, I don't think I'd be in a dark space without him, but I'm definitely a lot better off <laughs> because of him. Yes. Um, my personal goals are a little bit different. They do kind of align with dodgeball, but at the same time, it's just trying to be in shape in general. And, uh, mm -hmm. there's something very, um, reassuring if that's the right word to know that he's watching my Instagram stories. So when I post myself eating a donut, I know he's there watching. He's like, I'm going to pay for this later. Um, mm -hmm. but I mean that your, your park, uh, comments, uh, I mean, he saw, he shot me, um, weekly workouts, um, that I would do piecemeal, at the gyms in the armory when they're still open when I lost those, I started trying to do body weight stuff. Um, and then when that wasn't working out cause it just got too hot outside, I was able to get my own gym kind of from the armory. Like he, he's been there the whole time, like COVID or not shut down or not. Um, it's incredible. Like I, yeah, I don't know how catch and found this guy, but, um, man, we're, we're very lucky. And I love walking into, we're not walking in. I love being in the middle of a workout, looking up and seeing, like you said, like you're, struggling but laughing catch him is in the zone like we're not talking to each other we're not doing this together but mm -mm. we kind of are in the same 
same weird kind of way. Um, it's insane. It's, it's, it's incredible. But, um, to go back to the, the timeline, cause the one, one of the things I really wanted to ask about <clears throat> was you, um, put yourself on Rise's radar. Um, mm-hmm. there are a lot of people that just expect to be asked to play. And there's people like you who just demand, not, not demand. Oh my but- gosh. No, I'm annoying in that sense. It was I've every same thing with Lone Star. I remember meeting Jen or seeing Jen at nationals and I just fell in love with her. Like absolutely fell in love with her when they were on, it was a, a combination of Lone Star and the other team that they had brought out of the South and that whole crew, like her, Christy, uh, D just getting to meet and talk to her. Like I loved that team for some reason. And I basically stalked them <laughs> in a sense, like San Diego state came around and Jen was there. And then Seattle came around, went to that tournament, kind of put myself on their radar. Jackie Cruz also in love with her. So it was one of those situations where I just very not subtly hinted that I want to play with you. I think I, I, I even asked Eli at one point, I remember he came in and I knew he came from the South. So I was like, what is Jen like? Like, what do I have to do to get her like me? <laughs> like, I want to play on this team really, really badly. So That's I'm awesome. kind of shameless in that regard. Like I'm pretty shameless in terms of going after, cause he, the worst they can say is no, they'd yep. probably think I'm weird and whatever. I mean, who doesn't, but yeah, I remember very much wanting to be on that team. And the same thing kind of happened with rise in very different ways. I'm not in love with Tim. I'm not in love with Alan. But I did love the style of their play. And what happened was after round one, or no, it was the the story I told about Tiff catching crisis. I was like, I I always am drawn to how they play because they remind me a lot of Rise's system. Like everything is very in system. Everybody knows what they're doing. Everybody has a role on the team that's clearly defined. They air out their grievances fairly publicly, which can be seen as a bad thing. But in my mind, you always know where you stand on a team like that. Like I don't have to worry about stuff happening them walking off the court and then grumbling behind my back. I'll, I feel like I would always know where I would stand in a team like that. And just knowing Tim for as well as I have for like the past decade or so, always wanted to play for Rise, but also got interest in Rainbow or Rainbows. And when they're at nationals, I noticed they only had two girls. They had Tiff and Kate. And I thought, hmm, maybe I'm going to put myself out there. I think a couple of elite, it was just the two of them too. I'm like, I'm going to put myself out there. And I was in your living room when this happened. It's like, I want to get on Rainbow someday. I love the girls they have. I love the system they have. I know Rise had three girls rostered at the time. So I had reached out to Alan, never having spoken to him before and saying, hey, just so you know, if you ever have a spot open up or need to carry a third girl, I'd be interested in playing. And that's all I had to do. That's it. And yep. it, I think we ended up talking for the first time at nationals and then Tim and I had a heart to heart at nationals. And I told him like, I don't think he knew, I don't think he knew I was ever interested in playing for rise, but same idea. I was like, Hey, keep me on your radar. Like I, I didn't realize they were merging at that point, but I wanted, if I could pick a team, it would be one of those two teams solely for the basis that I, I love the system they play. I love the role the girls take on their teams. I love the girls that they have on their teams. I'd love to, I'd be honored to play with them. I mean, playing with Tiff at Sin City, Tiff, Tiffany, I'm sorry if, if you don't prefer Tiff, Tiffany, playing with her at Sin City kind of sealed the deal where it's like, she's just such a fun player to play alongside. She and is. Heidi, same thing. Like they're just clutch players. So something 
yeah, I don't know. I just kind of put my name. Tim and I talked at nationals and then that's where I had said earlier, the three, three ratio, it did kind of work to my favor. Am I the best person? Probably not. I mean, God, the West is flooded with insane talent, you know, but whatever happened lined up where I was enough on their radar. I had reached out enough. I had talked to them when we were all together for the Dallas phone tournament, like put in the work and yeah, I don't know. I got the spot. I got the call up. I don't know what I would have done with it because we didn't get to play, but yeah, that's just kind of where it landed. A bit of it was luck. A bit of it was circumstance. A bit of it was going to three, three and having to roster four. But I think a lot of it was just you asking instead of waiting to be asked like most yeah, people will do. that's part of it. Yeah. That's, I'm, I'm sure that was a big part. Um, yeah. It's just, yeah. Cause I mean, if you'd remain silent, I mean, who knows, but, uh, that was one thing I really liked watching develop over time. I remember, did you ask me if you were like, should I, t- should I message Alan? And I was like, I think so. I think I was debating. I, I know it was a few beers deep and yeah, we were rambling. That's why it's we, were, fuzzy. we were watching this week in Phoenix dodgeball videos. We were oh, going God. down some nostalgic wormhole. Yeah. That's what and it was. it was a video of renegades, I think. And it was like, ah, that reminds me. Cause I think Carrington, Mike Carrington makes me think of Alan. Like those two are incredibly huh. similar and I've gotten to know Alan a lot this past year. And I think those two, that's the connection that I had made. That could even be it. Maybe Mike Carrington is why I'm drawn to these teams. We'll talk about like methodical. Yeah. Brilliant I like rules. rules. I like hierarchy. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Good old Mike. I like systems. Yeah. Yeah, I, remember, uh, I don't know. Like maybe I'm going to move back east in a year and maybe I need to mix it up because I only know the West. I, Nationals was my first experience in terms of getting to know players from other regions with like Mount Olympus and stuff. So I'm incredibly limited in my scope. Right. You know, so I, I but same thing. I thought I was going to be moving back east. I still might in the next year or so. And first thing I did was I reached out to Amanda Ashley. I'm like, hey. Royale got a spot for me. So I'm already putting myself on her radar. Like, Hey, I want in her and hot. So I'm like, let me in. If you That's guys are awesome. listening, let me in. I was gonna say, you heard it December. Uh, what's Friday going to be? I don't know. Ten. I don't even know what date is today. Today's the ninth as of this recording. So yeah. Uh, Friday, December 11th, uh, 2020. If you make, um, Royale, we'll go back to this. Like, yep. You called it. Yep. Called it. But, um, yeah, again, I, at this point, I probably sound like a broken record, but for those of you that are listening that that want a shot, like you kind of have to meet them halfway. You have to just let people know this is what you're trying to do. Otherwise, if you just sit there and wait to be asked, you're going to be overlooked. I feel, um, and not I don't mean that maliciously. I just think like your story of going from slowly getting back into this to what could have been arguably one of the best teams on the co-ed side, we'll never know. Um, says a lot. Because uh, it's the brand that I feel that I'm putting a lot of stake in. You take Rise and, and Rainbows, and I mean, my God, we just had a whole podcast about that two weeks ago. It's a big deal. Um, it, it's no small feat, and it's been exciting to watch from, you know, beginning from us kind of drunkenly going down memory lane in my apartment to now we're talking about it a year later in a podcast. Yeah. Like, my only regret is I wish we had the season to see how it would have turned out. I was but... going to say, I don't want to put as much weight in it because I, I didn't get an opportunity to prove if I even earned the spot. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully we'll we'll get to find out uh, next year um, pending COVID and, and what happens. But um, yeah. I think that's all I have for the preliminaries. Um, did seem to get quite a few 
uh, crowdsource questions. So um, if you're ready, we'll we'll dive into those. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so I think the most important question. No oh God, Brett. Never mind what we just talked about the last hour, but. Okay. Okay, so Brett Baxter, um, oh. does Ethan Dibble or myself have better hair? Uh, he states that you refused to weigh in on this before, but he would like this stated on official record. And I mean, as I mentioned, Brett has had a huge hand in this happening. So you have to answer. I hope you thought about this. I did. And I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to admit that it's Brett because I can just picture his grin <laughs> and his cockiness having it on record that it's... he has better hair. And I love Ethan so much, but from a purely objective standpoint on something that is a subjective opinion, I think Brett has better hair there. I said it. It is very nice hair. Um, Cause he can pull off different styles. He has the swoop. He has the, yeah, I'm going to go with Brett as much as I hate to do it. You're welcome, Brett. I'm sorry, Ethan. I'm in the same boat. I hate stroking Brett's ego because I'm, I'm sure he's smiling right now and mm -hmm. we'll probably see this in the message be. later. Yeah. Yep. That is, that is, uh, I think that's the right answer. I mean, I, I saw Brett get in the face one time and the hair just went everywhere. I was like, man, it's lovely hair. Um, freaking Lannister and what was his other name um Draco Draco <laughs> Draco Malfoy um I do have to read just just to rub this in Ethan's comment uh Ethan said Brett Baxter longer short the answer is still there it's still the same the truth only will bring you pain brother so sorry Ethan Aww. you're wrong I'm and sorry Ethan Joe Fernandez uh, I've never heard of this guy he says I have, I have opinions on this um very relevant so moving on um <clears throat> Shelby uh, Grimness, mm -hmm. top five sad boy songs. And uh, oh my goodness. <laughs> I don't know if she said uh, BOI for the spelling, but. Uh, yeah, we're part of a music throwdown that we do on Thursday nights that Tori and Markel and Ashley host. I think it was Markel's brainchild, actually, and it's been a lot of fun. It's been kind of getting us through COVID. And one of them was Emo Night. It was a very heated, heated debate. Uh, Shelby, you know me. I'm going to have to go dashboard, dashboard confessional. They're like good sit down in the shower and cry kind of music. Jeez. And then you can also like transition it to screaming, just sad anger in your car. It's, it's dashboard. And then, um, Katie Sanchez, I think, I don't know if she's asking Shelby or you, but top five Taylor Swift songs. Are you, are you a Taylor Swift oh, fan? I am. I'm a diehard Taylor Swift fan. I, this is, this is turning into a very embarrassing admittance of, my taste in music but if i could pick i would have to go all too well is the best taylor swift song there is i just all, put that for all five all too well i would yeah i would listen to that on repeat for all my five choices huh uh-huh because it's the one no matter what mood you're in it's such a good song I and might. it was never released as a single it's still one of her most popular songs and most requested and it was never a single I might have to uh, give that a listen. Yeah. I mean, you still liking um, Aesop Rock, so. Hey, you're welcome. Every, every now and then, you're you're, you're redeemed. Redeemed. Yeah, you're, you're bound to, to hit one. Yeah. Thanks. Um, I have crappy taste in music. I I hear you. That's not crappy. Just different different styles. That's all. Mm -hmm. I tend yeah. to be more of the mainstream pop kind of. Don't want to leave my comfort zone, type. But um. Yeah. Indie folk dashboard and Taylor. I did get you like a cinematic orchestra song, so you did. Thank you did. God, I love that band. But um, 
Let's see. Well, speaking of Markel, so he says, uh, how awesome is Markel? And, um, I mean. Yeah, that dude's pretty awesome. Yep. Came up with an incredible game that brought people from all over the country, Canada. I mean, we've had Mexico in, I think a New Zealander joined. So that, that alone gets some points. I think, um, you want to talk about like creativity and keeping people connected over this whole pandemic. That is, um, when we as a community look back, we'll definitely call out that and just be very grateful. Oh yeah. If anybody's curious, check out the dodgeball is family thread. I believe Tori posts the invites and recaps there. Anybody is welcome to join. Let's see. Um, do you have five favorite hockey teams and players? Or do you want to just do your top? I mean, the Capitals. I'm a Capitals fan. I was going to say. Players, Hashik. He was a, one of my favorite goalies to watch. He was so acrobatic. So I'd probably put him up there. I am a Capitals fan, but I prefer Backstrom over Ovechkin. Just because Backstrom, I think, is what has given Ovi his success. Because he only recently learned how to play defense. Uh, I'm a huge Justin Williams fan, Mr. Game 7. I think that about rounds it out. Ovechkin, um, Justin Acton showed me a, a clip of this kid just slinging goals all day long. And I, I don't know why it sticks out, but I just remember he did this one, like he was on the ground and he put his hockey stick, like he like hooked mm-hmm. it behind him and scored a goal. Yeah, that was, I actually know that game it was against the Devils. So he was going down on the ice. He was sliding, coming out to the left wing in the low slot, and he got his feet caught from under him, and he didn't give up, and he hooked his stick around and then slingshotted it into the goal. Yeah, I was like, what the heck did his watch, man? That was, that was incredible. Yes. He is. He There's a joke, Russian machine never breaks, and that is Ovechkin. <laughs> He's a, he is a horse. I wish I could get into hockey more. I tried. I need to try harder, but... Um. Because Justin was, I mean, I got like a, oh, yeah. you know, I had the, it's like, oh, that was cool. He's like, I just showed you 20 plays from him. Like, they were all cool. Like, he got all super emotional about it. It was really funny. <laughs> like, got passionate, you know, you know, acting. Yeah. Uh, Shelby says, tournament idea, dodgeball at Ice Den, 6v6, foam. Who's your team? Oh my gosh. Dodgeball players on ice skates. Sounds terrifying. Definitely going to pick Shelby up. Uh, I'm sure there's got to be some guys in the East that know how to ice skate. CJ knows how to skate. I'd pick him up. I bet the, the North. I, yeah, the North. I was going to say, there's got to be some Chicago people that probably know how to skate too. I'd probably pick up Tramp players just because they're used to a lot of movement and playing at the same time. So I feel like they wouldn't be put off by the fact that they're on ice. That's a fun one. We should make that happen. And Once everything is... is all said and done, because you right. can run out, you can run out the ice done. We've done it for my hockey team has run it out a couple of times just to kind of dick around. This is a, like a callback. Cause I think she played there, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Shelby plays, Shelby's from Arizona and she, she started playing hockey. So I'd love to get her on the ice. Let's see. Gage Young asks uh, favorite guest star dodgeball player to visit AZ. So, I mean, we go back to like, he's probably thinking within the last Yeah, like the years. Harry Potter tournament, yeah. the Deck the Balls tournament. But I, I want to expand he... it to the Grand Canyon State games. Like... No, because that's just tough. 
I'd put everybody in that bucket. I Chasen, Nicole Chasen is very high up on that list. I I adore that girl so much. I think I might have to go. It was cool seeing uh, Mike McGee and Sammy out here when they came out before everything got shut down and played a, a bit of cactus because they were newer faces. And it was fun seeing them play in the league. Man, when was that? Oh, man. I don't even know. Time is abstract at this point. <laughs> they were coming back from Hawaii. I know they were like on their way back from a Hawaii vacation. And they stopped in. It was always Paige. Paige has stopped by for league play. That's been a lot of fun. May, oh, May Lang, having May out here for the deck the balls and getting to know her at the after party, that started a really fun friendship. If I could get Jen Woodley here, I would though. So Jen, if you're listening to this, I want you and Christy and Dee out here so badly. That would be awesome. Yes, I want those three out here. And I want, to, I want you there and I want to see them make you uncomfortable because I would just sit back and I want to sit back and watch that so badly because I know they're so good at it. I don't know if you heard Partly me like accents and partly because of just who they are as humans yeah i don't know if you heard a slight hesitation it was like that would be uh, awesome yeah like yeah because about... i think you did the south recap with them that panel i'm sure there was a lot off the script that was hilarious there was so i did the yeah. women of the south and broke all rules we all drank including myself and um yeah. the recording was two hours the, the entire session i think was five um yeah it was awesome i was like man for for no other reason than being able to meet awesome people like this. Like I'm glad this podcast mm -hmm. is what it is. Um but yeah, then they demanded um I did video, which I don't do normally. So oh they got to see me like get flustered and they yeah. It's the best thing. Like a shark yeah. with blood in the water. They just they capitalize on that. So I would I wouldn't last thirty seconds, but it'd be fun. Yeah. I selfishly <clears throat> would say them. I just love them. They're such sweet. They're amazing humans. Well, rest in peace, Sergio. He threw himself in the in the mm -hmm. ring and and just got laughed at. So, sorry, sorry buddy. <laughs> sorry, bud. Um, Eli, um, kind of cover this, but I don't know if you want to go through it again. Um, mm -hmm. but he asked, "What has your extended off season been like, other than just training, killing? Yeah, it? a lot of <laughs> a lot of training. So I I had gone super dodgeball specific, and then once dodgeball wasn't coming back, I switched over more to power movements." which kind of got me back into weightlifting, but really just trying to stay in shape, like stay agile. Um, I do three high intensity interval training type workouts a week. And then I'm currently doing two a days. So I do weightlifting in the evenings after I train in the morning. And yes, it is social distance and masked and very clean. My weightlifting center, there's only four of us in the entire place. Same thing early mornings at the gym. It's there's not a lot of people in there. So doing it safely and smartly. But just not stopping. No, fact, just no, no. Continuing this momentum that you've generated for the past yeah. year. Yeah. I mean, what else is there to do? Now's the perfect time to do it. I'm in both and I'm not saying that because I think that's rude. Like I think it's rude to be like, oh, what else are you gonna do? Now's the time to get in shape. A lot of it is mentality. And I'm just in the right headspace for it right now where I can take advantage of it. Yep. I mean, we can go, we can spend another two hours talking about motivation versus discipline. You and I have gone down that wormhole before. We might, we might go there I, with some of my last questions. So I know I do think a lot of it is like head state and I'm not saying, Oh, everybody should be getting in shape. Everybody should be using this time that way. Half of us are just trying to get through this thing. Like however you choose to do that mentally power to you. Like this is just how I've done it. Right. 
Um, Deanna asks, uh, what's, what's more exciting, an awesome catch or new PR for a power snatch? Mm. They're both amazing in different ways. So the amazing catch, I think of like when I'm usually the last person in, so thinking back to like Sin City or a couple of elite rounds. Sin City was wild. Yeah. Three times? Was was it three times in a row you did that? Three times in a row. That was ridiculous. And there's something when I like to perform in front of a crowd. I've always liked that. When I was playing in high school, getting recruited, that level of adrenaline and excitement and that pressure, I enjoy that. So I think the crowd aspect and the idea of, okay, everybody's watching you. You have people depending on you. You got to make that catch. And when you pull it off, that's an incredible feeling. It's a very different type of incredible feeling than when you hit a power snatch PR. Because a PR, I can work for by myself. I mean, Chris Bell knows this. He just hit a couple that he's been shooting for for two years. Like It's taken him two years to hit his goal. That's the thing with weightlifting is it's not a fun process. You come into it and you get into it and you start hitting records and then you plateau for a good seven, eight, nine months a year. And it's so technical. It's just you grinding it out with the bar. There is no glory. It sucks. So when you finally do hit that PR, it's a sense of personal gratification. That's almost unparalleled. It's like, every bit of you just gets excited and it's just a very unique personal win where you did it and you got yourself there yourself. So I think they're, they're different. They're both up there. If I had to pick one, I would pick the snatch, the, the snatch record. I saw Chris. It's usually it's more hard earned. Well, like you said, it's, I mean, yeah. you're just grinding month after month yeah. after month and it's just you. And it's like, you're wondering like, why am I doing this to myself? I'm 35 years old. I have no right trying to get back into weightlifting. Yeah. I think you would say otherwise. Um, yeah. I love that question. D that's a good one. I'm going to go with the, the individual over the team surprisingly on that one. So like the individual over the team, like, I know that's what Chris loved about getting into weightlifting and snowboarding. (laughs) And I I saw his, his, his snatch and, um, I've I've seen him excited. I I don't think I've ever seen him so excited that he just did this incredible feat and started beating the bench because he's so mm-hmm. happy. That that so, was that was cool funny, to watch. Funny story about that. That was his eighth attempt at that weight. So him and I have kept in touch. We follow each other's progress, and he had attempted that weight eight times, and he finally nailed it Dang. in that one session. So it's like even then you don't see the the fight leading up to it. And then even when you in competition, you have two minutes to attempt your lift. That's it. So you have six total lifts in competition. That's a total of what, 12 minutes. And you train for that hours and hours. I mean, one weightlifting session can be a two hour session, just fixing technique all for 12 minutes. Yeah. It's, I love it. It's, it is, it's such a fun sport. It's a mental grind. I, I can't, uh, I had no idea that was his eighth attempt. So that just, mm-hmm. cause I'm replaying it through my mind. I'm like, you know, it's, I don't know it that well. I know he put some work into it, but like, I'll never yeah. understand. Um, but it's cool knowing that just seeing that excitement and, um, I'm really trying to avoid a rabbit hole right now. Um, 
we'll go to Ryan Johnson. So as soon as I saw my notifications that Ryan Johnson asked a question, I, I was like, this has to be something about being tall. Like I call yeah. that. Um, <clears throat> she, uh, she basically states benefits and challenges of being a tall dodgeball player. And Billy said, there are no challenges. Um, hmm. you said lies. So what's, what's your take? Yeah. For me being tall, it, it's different now being tall and lighter. The agility is a lot easier, but I'm still a big target and I've never been able to ball block. Well, I, it's something that I never really learned how to do. And it's not, I feel like for me being tall, it's harder for me to make myself small. Like that's something that I watch catch him do. And I'm in awe just seeing him get so small on his toes, heels up, just hovering over that back line. Like he's in such control of his body and then he can explode up and take off. And I see the work he puts in to be able to do that, like box jump seated to a box jump. And it makes sense. But for me, my body just doesn't register that. Not quite yet. I'm I'm working on it, but I think that's probably the the hardest part is the idea of making yourself small and ball blocking, which with a nosing ball and a foam ball, you have to be able to do well. So it's probably my biggest limitation as a player who relies on catching is if I don't catch, I have to be really good at getting out of the way and I have to be smart enough to know the difference between the two. But because I can't ball block, I, I'm not that well-rounded and I don't know if I blame my height on not being able to ball block. I, I feel like it's just hard for me to hide all six and I'm all leg. Like I have a 36 inch inseam. So it's just hard to hide my legs. I wonder um, yeah, if I actually had a chance to play more, if that answer would change over time, because I'm sure you yeah, would know. have some, I guess like field experience to base this off of. Um, <laughs> the only time I can ball block is when you're not allowed to, when it's foam and it goes into no blocking, <laughs> all of a sudden I'm an, expert ball blocker <laughs> it never fails <clears throat> yeah so that's, i think that's it like i think the disadvantage is just i'm a lot of body i'm a lot of body to hit i'm a lot of body to move advantage like the advantage of it is i have a lot of momentum in my throw because i do have a lot of power that transitions all the way from my legs to my hips to my core like i can build up a lot of momentum when i throw a ball yeah i, I will say like well, again, rabbit holes. So let me stop myself there. There's one more question that I think some of the questions or things I was going to bring up will will show up here in the the last five or six. Um, Mayling, speaking of her, she asks, um, when dodgeball starts again, what region and team will we be playing with or want to play with? I don't know. Kind of threw out the East I, a little bit. Um, I know. I'd love to get. I would love to get a tournament in on the East. I'd love to play with Royale. Just kind of getting to know, even getting to know them at nationals a bit and kind of how they play. Again, they, they're very uniform. Uh, they all are in sync with each other. They're a fun group. I'd love to stick with Lone Star. I It's tough because the competition in the South, it's not on par with what's in the West. I don't think that's a knock to any of the girls in the South by any means. I think it's just numbers, you know, like you get you get all those girls out of LA and up in the Pacific Northwest kind of coming down. I think numbers work to their favor in the West. So I know Harakari, I was on a team to play and sub in the West with women just to kind of get a feel for, do I sacrifice competition to play with a team that I love or do I try to play with a division where there are more active teams, which it's, it's, it's a selfish choice to make, but I mean, it's, I'm putting my time and energy into a sport. There has to be a little bit of selfishness to it. 
So that's a really long answer for me to say, I don't know. <laughs> I, I love playing with Lone Star. I was really hoping to get to nationals with them. I love playing in the West just because it's home. I'm familiar. I know these girls. There's, there's the numbers in the favor of the West. I'd love to play in the East because getting to know some of those teams at nationals, like some of the goat players and uh, Anarchy and a couple of them. Like I know Billy's out there, Casey's out there. It'd be fun just to kind of get new faces and see what they're like. That didn't answer your question at all. It does. I mean, I'm not it does. <laughs> like. I want to play everywhere. Yeah, but you gave good reasons yeah. for it. So, like, how could you? Yeah. Like, how could I be mad at that? Um, well, I mean, hopefully, Mailing will will appreciate that answer because yes. um, I like thoughtful answers. Um, you know, long form is my favorite form. So. Oh, good, because I ramble. I struggle with brevity. So um, that pretty much wraps it up for the crowdsource questions. Um, there's a couple more that I want to ask. Uh, been biting my tongue. I think we might revisit some of those rabbit holes here. Um, I feel weird asking this one um, because I feel like it's just got restarted um, and we don't have this year to, to base it off of but I guess to date um, what has been your dodgeball career highlight? That's tricky I mean and it's it's hard because it's it's so different if you look at the span of the decade or so that I've been playing. For me, the moments that stand out honestly have been in the past couple of years. Well, one, Ballbusters beating Alliance at Grand Canyon State Games when we decided to be a women's team that entered an open. That was just a fun team win. Personal victories, though, I think I think catching you. Being the being oh, the last on. person in last year and still pulling off catches. So just being able to accomplish that, because that was something that Brett was like, hey, you got to get confident if you're going to be the last person in to at least grab one of those balls. And I did it against Brittany during co-ed, did it against you. I did it a few times. That Sin City series was just hilarious. That was incredible. Um Yeah. Yeah. But having I'm... having that overruled, doing it again, having it something happen and then doing it a third time and against somebody like Dylan, I think Dylan was the one that I had caught. I don't remember, but no, cause yeah, Dylan... just, just, I don't know. I think it's just making the adjustment, like making the adjustment and okay, this is something I need to do to, to be effective on a team and then actually doing it and doing it consistently in several different tournaments. It's funny. Cause, um, this is what I was going to bring up earlier and it bit my tongue. Um, for some reason I had a feeling you'd mentioned catching me, but I remember throwing at you in round three and I was so sure I was going to get you in the shin, like just above the ankle. I was like, there's no way she can clear that distance. And as I saw my ball flying, you just cleared that distance. I was like, Oh man. And I just knew I was already was ready to start walking out. Cause you just snagged that ball out of nowhere. And then you go and do that same catch three times in a row in Sin City to bring in catch him. That was incredible. Like, I think I got in trouble with one of the refs because I asked when the game was over, I was like, did she really have to do that three times for you guys to let her play? Mm-hmm. Like, I was really snarky just because I was so, like, like I was done. Like, I was like, how many times does she have to do this catch, guys? Yeah, like, she's going to get games. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's all fun. Hey, like I said, I like the spotlight, right? So 
that was incredible. And it, it wasn't Dylan because Dylan ended up beating Ketchum in one on one. I was like, that's right. That's all right. Of that. Maybe it was Griff or Isidro. I don't remember. Yeah. But it was three times in a row. Like, come on, guys. Just it was a fun moment. Let it happen. Um, I remember Elena. Elena at that point was looking over and just seeing the reaction. That was fun. That was a good one. That'll be a good memory. That was a great. Uh, what was our team? White Claw something. I'm horrible at remembering the tournament team names. Yeah, I remember. Oh, Claw and Order. I don't know why. Yes. I remember that. Yeah, that we was, were Claw and Order. That was a lot of fun. Um, playing with Tiffany was awesome. She is. I love an her. Player. I love her as a player so much. Yeah, she's great. I really do. Yeah, speaking of Sin City, I, I bet we're not going to have it this year, or I guess in 21. But no. Yep. Happier things. Um, mm-hmm. What do you want to achieve in dodgeball? If there's oh, a man. single thing, like, I mean, what keeps you going or what will keep you going? I want to, I want to give it an honest shot. And maybe that's kind of a weird answer, but I'm, I'm going to be 36. I, I know there are older people who are playing, but I want to see if I can do it one more time at a somewhat high level. Like, I, I don't want to say I want to prove myself because eh, I'm never going to be one of the best girls out there. And I'm not even going to be in the top 5%. Like, there's there's not a chance. But I just want to know if I can hang. I think that'd probably be my... It sounds like a mediocre goal, but it'd make me happy to know I could hang. No, that, not at all. I think... Um, yeah. For, for us older guys that are playing, it's the same thing. Like, I mean, Coella says, I'll play till the wheels fall off. Yes, um, exactly. Till the wheels fall off. It's one of those like, can yeah. I still hang? Like, do I have a right being out here? Is this okay, guys? Yeah. Like, I, I think I want that moment and to just kind of see if the work I've been putting in translates. I can't imagine it wouldn't, but it'd be fun to see physically I'm, on top of like my mental ability what I could do. When you said honest shot, it's like, that's what I thought. I was like, okay, honest shot must mean all the time that she's put into the gym, all the changes you made, the agility, the strength, all the stuff that you're getting back and focusing to play dodgeball better versus, um, you know, not doing those things in the past. Um, that makes perfect sense. Um, I just picture like this, uh, red rider, red rider wagon, just going downhill, all bumpy and the wheels come off and that's Joe Coella. Sorry, Joe. Um, but that's, that's, I think that's mentality for, like I said, for, for yeah. most of us that are still here after all this time, um, dodgeball just keeps getting more and more competitive, more and more it sucks awesome. You in. Yeah. It it's, it's hard to walk away from the sport. There's nothing, there's nothing like it. Yeah. There's nothing like it. And there's just something about leaving. Like you just have to leave on good terms, whatever those are. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, well, speaking of leaving the scene, so, um, have you given any thought to what life looks like after dodgeball? Uh, I'd love a family. <laughs> I mean, are we talking personally or athletically? Just um, kind of both, I guess. Yeah. Like that's kind of a strange answer, but I don't know. I, I want to, I, I'm back into coaching volleyball again. So I see my grandmother gave me the best advice. I, my, I go to my grandma for everything. Like she's kind of my counsel, my rock. And I think she told me you can always come back to teaching but you can only do for so long. So that has been something that's been in my ear for a bit in terms of 
to Joe's point, I'm going to ride this body till the wheels fall off. And like, how much can I continue to push myself? And if it's not in dodgeball or weightlifting, cause I'm trying, I'm actually trying to qualify for nationals now that I'm a master's category, it brings my total down. So it's like, okay. I mean, you, you see 70 year olds deadlifting. So I, I hope to be one of those people, or I hope to be like my teammate PJ on the ice, who's 62 and still out there, you know, skating around people. I can't see myself walking away from the competition. And if I ever do, it's going to be into coaching. Like I, I can't imagine a world without sports. And even if I do have kids, same thing, like it's then following and I'm not going to push sports on my kids, but it's, it's following into that like kind of culture. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's, it's always, there's always going to be sports involved. I can't ever, I don't think I could walk away from it. Do you see yourself, um, cause it's been, I mean, this is super hypothetical, but like it's been brought up, like maybe I'd be like a dodgeball coach. Um, no, I would never be a dodgeball coach. Why is that? I don't care about it that much. I don't, I don't think, it'd be, I don't think it'd be a good one. I don't know. I don't think I have kept up with the scene well enough to qualify myself as a coach. I know what I like. I know what I prefer. I know what systems I like but I don't know enough variety where I could be a good coach. Like I don't know the game at a whole. Like I, I don't know strategy outside of what I think you should do in a four on two. I don't know what somebody out East thinks they should do on a four on two. So if I were to think I would be a very ill-equipped coach because I'm too narrow-minded and I know how the West plays, but that's about it. And that's just not fair for it doesn't do the rest of the country or different styles of play justice. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, cause even when I said like hypothetically, I mean, right now there's what two coach slots, mm-hmm. us men's and women's that's it. Like we, we don't have yeah. local teams. We don't have kids playing where they're, you know, being coached how to play yeah. dodgeball. We're just not even close to being there yet. So no. So once you, I don't think, yeah, I don't think I have a popular strategy. I mean, I'm, I, Again, I, I like what I came up with, and I know that's kind of a fading philosophy. So I just I don't think I'd be a good coach. Honestly speaking, I'd like it, but I don't think I'd be good at it. Gotcha. So once you're done with dodgeball, you're done, but the competitive aspect will stay forever. I'll always be there. Yeah, I'll jump into something. I'll pick up curling or something like that. <laughs> There'll be something. Yeah, I'll be the 75-year-old breaking deadlift records that what's the instagram handle you got me on um squad academy yes yeah like i don't have that oh i'm too old for this lifting like i can do that forever but then seeing older dudes that are just killing like man i got a long way to go i got plenty of time it's it's a it's a good handle um thanks for sharing that by the way um you're welcome well i think that's all i have um Got the Austin Deeks dad joke that I just mm-hmm. have to ask everybody. Thanks you, Austin, for for responding so quickly. I actually was able to get this kind of early. <clears throat> so the joke goes, um, my landlord texted me saying we need to meet up and talk about how high my heat bill is. I replied back, sure, my door is always open. Oh, my gosh. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, that's great. Yep. I don't know what the theme for next season will be, but uh, it'll be something along those lines. Um, well, I mean, definitely want to have you back next season because there, there's stuff I want to talk about, like uh, motivation, mentality. Um, mm-hmm. 
all kinds of stuff. But um, so yeah, I think uh, I think we'll wrap it up for now. Um, before I do that, though, was there any like final my final thoughts, last minute thoughts, or shout outs, or anything that you'd like to kind of leave off with um, before yeah. we close up? Yeah, uh, shout out wise, God, this is a hard sport to keep alive. So from everybody from Mark to Jake to Brendan to all the league runners, the Rebecca's out there who are trying to come up from the college level. Uh, I know there's probably so many more that I, I'm not naming, but all the people who try to grow it and, and keep it going. I know Kelly's had a huge role in in growing the San Diego tournaments and just everybody who cares enough to put their own personal time and money into making this happen and keeping it alive. Y'all are the real heroes. We just show up. You guys are the ones doing all the hard, unrecognized, probably painful at times work. So I think all those people. That is a great way to, to lead this off because um, I know we can yeah. be a little bit um, opinionated on certain things, but at the end of the day, it's like without them, we wouldn't even have any of this. So. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't have an opinion to have without those people. So Exactly. Everyone trying to run local <clears throat> leagues, Grace, Hooch out in Cactus, uh, the Portland leagues, Britt. I know she does an incredible job kind of recruiting out there. Yeah. People who keep it alive, keep, keep doing what you're doing. It's yep. appreciated. Awesome. Well, um, Tina, speaking of appreciation, thanks for, for hopping on and, you know, giving me, um, two hours of your evening. Um, yeah. I mean, like I said, we'll probably have you on in the future, talk more about stuff in the weeds, go more in the depth, but I think this is a, a good way to, to end it. So what we'll do is we'll go ahead and end the interview there. All right, so that was my interview with Tina. And Tina, thank you so much for being willing to hop on and spend a couple hours in the the podcast seat, so to speak. Um, it's really hard to hold back on some of the, the, I guess, the more personal questions that I would have just from having known you for the past 13 years. But I think we, we got a pretty good um, picture of, of who you are and and what your contributions and presence in the dodgeball scene has been up until and through what I would like to say has been your your resurgence. Um, it's a shame we couldn't really see what this season would have brought, but um, there's always next year, and I, I do look forward to seeing um, you progress further and further into your dodgeball career. Um, thank you to everyone that submitted questions as well. Um, always make that part a blast, and um, with the exception of the... Um, Sergio interview that I have queued up and some of the um, regional recaps to include the national recap for the 2020 hypothetical season that never happened. Um, that's going to wrap it up for the season. So um, for those of you that have been with me um, listening or submitting questions or feedback or came on as a panelist or as an uh, interviewee, I definitely appreciate it. And it's it's been nothing but a cheesy as it may sound a labor of love um to be able to meet people talk pe to people talk dodgeball get to know them better over the course of 60 some odd episodes has, has been nothing short of incredible uh sergio if you're listening thank you so much man for busting out the timestamps, uh giving people a pretty good idea of what they're getting into that way they can kind of just zero in on the specific portions that they want to listen to during the long form because again i make no apologies for how long these are to, uh, to Justin for, for helping uh, take over as a guest host and just running with some of your ideas and bringing in another angle into the podcast. Same thing with Sergio doing the international scene. It's, uh, it's no small feat um, reaching out to people, getting them to commit to a few hours of their, of their time and also doing this from uh, overseas. That, that is nothing short of amazing. And um, 
to all the other guest hosts that we've had, um, Amanda, Lucas, uh, the door is always open for, for you guys, as well as anybody else that wants to have a shot or piece rather, um, at season five, um, not fixing on taking too long of a break, but just long enough to kind of, you know, gather, regroup and enjoy not having to pound these out every, every week. But, um, for everyone else that's been listening, if you're still with me, have a great, uh, rest of your evening, a great rest of your week, a great weekend, a great holiday season, a great new year, and we'll see you very soon. Kato, don't chew on that. Do it, Kato. Follow your heart. She's she'll chew on my headphone wire. Oh yeah, don't do that. Mm-hmm. I'd appreciate if you did not do that. Wait till after. <laughs> I just heard. <laughs> she heard oh, you. Oh. <laughs>